0: So, so. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's
1: the joint die. <gasps>
2: oh, good eyes. Yes, folks. It's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. I must be Fred McMurray, and I think this is. Okay,
3: <sighs> Mama.
2: Yeah, it's been that type of day. So, it's always yeah. everyone's ta- time for everyone's word on the street. Sorry, yeah, I wasn't coming out I'm there. Like, what is it time for? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so
3: we have a really good show today. So, um, I hope so. I well, I know it's been a tough week, but it's Thursday. That means it's Friday Eve.
4: Exactly. I we think have it's a- to talk about and good guests. So, how bad could right. it be? Dad?
3: Yeah. And especially we Oh, you know, don't when we're talk say about that. Street.
2: Never say. Way- wait, wait. Never, ever, ever say how bad it can be because it will get worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we're going yeah, we to have
4: go a sunny disposition and optimism, I think. Yeah.
3: And and which platform are we not streaming on when you say it could get worse? That's usually what happens.
2: We could be not streaming on any of them, but, you know.
3: Good.
2: And I think I just figured out the one we're not. But that's okay. We'll see what's going on.
3: Well, it says Facebook sounds good. Thank you for that, Heidi. She's our behind-the-scenes girl who makes sure that everything is working smoothly within her power. So I see that you have my alien friend on there, Fred.
2: Yes, I put this one up specifically for you. Um, yes. So people could see you and your alien friend. And I don't know, maybe it's a, a precursor to, you know, the down the rabbit hole question. Then again, maybe <laughs> okay. it's not. One never knows.
3: Okay. <laughs> well, I have to give credit where credit is due, right? So I found that little alien guy at a ballpark up in uh, Wisconsin. And this little eight-year-old kid had it, and he thought I wanted to steal it. And I said, I don't really want to steal it. I just want a picture with it. Um, so he was nice enough to let me get a picture. But anyway, today's word on the street is that the, uh, it's not brand new. So I won't say it's the new word on the street, but it's certainly the word on the street and something that all of our listeners who are looking to buy a franchise should know about, and that is the FBR, Franchise Business Review's Top 200 franchise list of 2021 and uh, we were going through that uh, starting last week i started looking at it and boy once you get on their site i have to say it's really hard to get off because there's so much great information whether you want to know about low-cost franchises, if you want to know about uh, the best franchises for women, for uh, veterans, there's just so much information. Um, But the things I want to talk about for Word on the Street today was that there's a couple of them on that top 200 list that we've had on the show. So, for example, and one that Jerry and David are very close to their hearts and wallets right now is The Joint. The joint made the top 200 of 2021 list. And so I think that's awesome. Which joint? The back. (laughs) Oh. The adjustment one. Well, I mean, you can call them both. (laughs) I'm in
2: California and they they do adjustments either way.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This this is the, well, here, as I say, it's the no insurance, no membership, flexibility around the country, right you could say it could either be one or the other but this is the one for chiropractic care and um it's really awesome they're growing at leaps and bounds and they of course made the the list so i like to give a shout out especially since two of our experts here have invested in that brand over the last six months so i think right on guys you clearly made a great choice in that not that you didn't know that already um also sandler training We've had them on the show before. Action Coach was on the show. Huntington Learning was on the show.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, And then one of uh, Ray and I sister companies that I've talked to many times, but we haven't had them quite on the show yet, is Mr. Handyman. They'll be joining us here in a few weeks. And um, so very interesting to look at this list and find people that we know, that we've talked to, that we've um, kind of learned more and more about their business. So definitely brands I would watch. And again, if you're in the situation where you're, curious about looking for franchises, uh, definitely check out again. It's the franchise business review 2021 top 200 list of franchises. Um, so that's my word on the street, Fred.
2: Elizabeth, anything for you?
3: Well, I was just going to say it's, it's
4: kind of fun to, like she said, you can get lost in that website, but when you're looking at the market research they do and the criteria and the metrics that they measure, um, you get more and more in, in down the rabbit hole as fred likes to say <laughs> looking through all of that information because it is a i, I can't wait to hear their interview because they're going to talk about all of the things that go into that and why it matters um why their metrics matter and what they indicate so it's it's a really fascinating system that they've got going and and it benefits you know both franchise potential franchisees and franchisors as a sort of self-reflection tool. So I, I think it's kind of, it's gonna be a great show.
3: Awesome. And with that, I think we should probably get started with our Pillars of Weather, right Fred?
2: Take it away.
3: <laughs> okay then. So today joining us, we have Courtney Sillings and Emily George from Franchise Business Review. Welcome ladies. Hi, thank you. And before we get too in-depth into who you are and what you do and all those other crazy questions, we have to go around the horn and find out where you're from and what's the weather like. So I'll let Ray show you how it's done, and then we'll go on down the line. So Ray, where are you? What's the weather like?
0: I
5: am sitting at home. I know the background doesn't look like it, but I am sitting in Aurora, Illinois. Right now, the temperature is 90 And the humidity is probably 99.9% because as soon as you walk outside, even though it's only 90, it is you end up just like you walked out of the shower. Yeah. It's terrible outside. As far as I'm concerned. And I know Kristen is in a similar location, although she's going to say, oh, it's
3: just fine. <laughs> well, I will say so. I do love the heat. I love the sun. I love the summer. But um, I was at a baseball game earlier today and it poured rain and it was so nice at that moment because the wind kicked up and it was nice and cool. And then all of a sudden the humidity kicked in. And it was like this big, hot, wet blanket. So those are my least favorite of the summer days, but I'll still take it over the snow anytime. So Courtney, Uh, how about you? Where are you? So I'm in,
6: I would say the beautiful seacoast area of New Hampshire right now in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, but uh, we were just in a tornado warning uh, (gasps) about a couple hours ago. So it's been downpouring all day. Unfortunately, Uh we're stuck at that 72 mark and downpouring, but I think my grass is loving it after last year's dry summer, so we got green grass over here. I'm not going to complain about some raindrops, and plus we live on the seacoast, so we're used to that. That's awesome, and who could complain about being on the coast? Right. You got it. Emily, where are you?
7: Oh, so I am in lovely, lively Columbus, Ohio, where it is 84 degrees, uh, and finally a little bit of sunshine today after a very rainy week so far, which... My gardens love and I love so that I don't have to water those gardens, but I'm happy to see a little sunshine today.
3: Awesome. Well, I'll tell you when I was out in California with my son, we must've got a lot of rain here in Chicago because I came back and it was like the plants all took on a life of themselves. Like that Venus fly trap plant that was in one of those old scary movies, right? It's like crawling up my fence and over the windows and really like, I don't even know what to do with them now. They're out of control. So, I, I totally get the, the rain. So, and I do wish that we could send some of this rain out to the West Coast because those poor people out there, Fred, as you are aware, are burning up. The grass is yellow and dry and it's like anything could start a fire um, at any second. So, what I else is new?
2: Share. This is California. We don't get rain. We don't get snow. We don't get hurricanes. We just get wildfires and earthquakes. It's just part of living out here and crazy people. God.
3: I know. One day you're going to fall off into the ocean. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's when Arizona becomes oceanfront property, right? (laughs) Buy your property now. It's coming. All right. So let's get into our interviews today with the lovely ladies of Franchise Business Review. I'll first introduce you a little bit about Courtney I have here. So she, Courtney, you're doing new business development, I understand. Yes. Yes. And uh, you do some ongoing client relations, account management, um, it says here that you are super passionate about making sure that businesses can, c- can succeed and working on creative ways to help your franchisors um, exceed their goals. Tell me a little bit about that.
6: Sure. Yeah. So I love small to mid-sized businesses. I have for a very long time. I come from a hospitality background. So I worked my way in many kitchens and crazy hours. And I kind of fell in love with the small to mid-sized businesses and how pretty much Anyone does anything at any time. There's all hands on deck. And so using that with Franchise Business Review as well is just seeing what's out there to help them. And Mm -hmm. data Mm -hmm. talks a lot and that's where my passion is. And so I definitely love driving new business for Franchise Business Review. Uh, I love going out and finding new brands that may need us, whether they're smaller or larger, uh, and making sure that we can help them with succeeding in the long run and helping their franchisees
3: as well. Awesome. And I love that you have a golden retriever. I love dogs. That's my soft spot. Yes. The Sports team. Ah, I'm not so sure about new England sports teams, but we can just move right past that. <laughs> and we can who, stick with the golden
6: retriever. Cause he's, yes. probably, he's staring at me right now through my glass door in my office. So oh. if you see me
3: looking over there, it's because he's giving me those sad golden retriever eyes. Oh, Poor Tuckerman. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about that. <laughs> And Emily, so you're not too far. You're close over in David's neighborhood, right? And you're a senior consultant with Franchise Business Review. Um, I show here that you have the new business development, ongoing client relationships. Um, So you're more working collaboratively with the franchise brands and strategic opportunities in helping them get feedback um, from their franchisees to make them better franchisors, right? Is that a pretty good summation of it?
7: Yeah, 100%. Courtney and I do a lot of the same work. And it all comes down to gathering that feedback from franchisees, mm-hmm. delivering it back to those franchisors, and then helping them action that feedback in ways that can be really meaningful to the brand.
3: That's awesome. And I see, so what's interesting is both of you come out of the hospitality industry.
7: You do. Yeah. I think and that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'll say hospitality hires are the best hires. Doesn't I matter what you're doing.
3: I believe that because you get the best and the worst of people, right? hundred percent. Yep, absolutely. Well, good. So let's get into, into talking about Franchise Business Review. I have to tell you that it's one of my favorite publications as it pertains to just kind of looking over, over franchises. And one of the things I think I like best is um, the way you get your information. Would you like to tell us a little bit about how you get the information um, for these reviews? Sure. Yeah, I'll take that question.
6: Um, So for the last 16 years, Franchise Business Review, we've helped over 1,100 different franchise brands. Uh, So it's in every industry, and it all starts with a franchisee satisfaction survey. And it's a survey that we use um, with benchmarking questions. So when we survey the franchisees of a brand, they're getting the same questions across the board so that we can use that data and give it back to the franchisor to privately benchmark that in real time. So they can see how they stack up against others in the industry and then all the other brands that we survey. Uh, And so with that, you know, we can also encourage brands to put in any custom questions to take a look at, but Mm -hmm. we really hone in on um, that franchisee satisfaction and drawing out uh, what, you know, are the positives and what are the opportunities for the franchise brand to develop more uh, and push development and also work on
3: operations? I think that's awesome. And, you know, Ray, you and I just went through one a couple of years ago. Um, I don't think we can have one. This, this was probably for the 2021 publication, I'm thinking, but we had one not too long ago. Um, you want to talk a little bit about your experience in, in completing it as a franchisee, what that's like?
5: well I'm pretty sure that I, I when I was looking at different franchises I did look at the franchise uh a review uh, because you want to certainly pick out something that's not on the on the bottom or just beginning so it, it definitely uh, uh, it makes a difference to to see that uh, the franchise you're looking at is you know up there but uh, unfortunately uh, sometimes the uh, I should I say, we recently <laughs> had a, a bad review that, with our franchise, but uh, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's because of certain circumstances that were uh, involved, and I think Kristen might, I don't want to step over my words too much here, but <laughs> maybe you want to elaborate. You want me to dress uh, it up? <laughs> dress it up.
3: <laughs> Sometimes what you find in franchise systems, I think what Ray is trying to say is that when you go through a change of leadership, Um, oftentimes changes in leadership really can upset the tea cart, so to speak, or the apple cart, right? And so you have, you know, this group of people who've been under kind of one direction and understanding where we're going, what we're doing, what the mission is. And then a change in leadership tends to sometimes in in, in the situation Ray's talking about, left a lot of uncertainty. And I think that that's probably, I mean, so So, for me, Emily, it sounds like your job is almost kind of in lockstep with those transitions. Do you help franchisors through transitions like this in leadership or in acquisitions? Can you tell me a little bit about what you do in those cases?
7: Absolutely. So, we can certainly help brands who are going through any number of different changes. And you're so right, changes in leadership, uh, changes in organizational structure, any number of things can have a big impact on the system because people signed up for one thing. And when that changes it, you know, that's not the thing that they signed up for. Yeah. And what we can do with the surveying is gather feedback in a confidential way from those franchisees. And as Courtney was saying, we're always gonna ask the the same 33 questions as a baseline. So we're gonna get that benchmark data, but then we can incorporate these custom questions that can poke specifically at some of these specific situations like a change in leadership and get like really draw out that feedback. And one of the great things with our survey tool Folks can answer the survey anonymously if they want to. So they Which can- we
3: all appreciate.
7: Right. You can <laughs> feel, if if you want to go anonymous, you can feel really good about a third party gathering anonymous data, but you can also put your name on it. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to open up that conversation, even if it's a tough conversation, you can do that with our survey tool. And franchisees often take that opportunity to, yeah. to you know, kind of offer some tough but, you know, constructive feedback on these surveys.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure you see some that's not so constructive at times, but I want (laughs) to, I I totally get that. But I want to remind our listeners that if anybody's out there who has a question for these ladies or wants to talk about, you know, your situation in a franchise um, environment, you can give us a call at 323-580-580 five, seven, five, five, these are always really great discussions to have, especially when you have so many different brands going through so much fluctuation. I think um, you also see that I'm having to guess with brands that either um, go through rapid growth or maybe stagnant growth. Do you hear some of that from the franchisees as well? Yeah, yeah.
6: sorry, I'm go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so we do. And a lot of the times that's when, you know, they come to us and they say we need to push development. And because we do offer lead generation as Mm -hmm. one of our offerings with Franchise Business Review, but it's only open to our award winners. So it's, Ah. it's a benefit for our award winners to be placed on that list that they can take advantage of our lead
3: generation. And so So does that mean that if I'm on your list and I see somebody that I'm like, oh, I'm really interested in them, let's say it's, you know, um, it's the joint and I click on the joint, does that go right to the joints development team then? Yes. Yeah. So we
6: set it up so they have their own page so they can put on the information that they want, um, maybe the only states that they want to have inquiries from and a video, you know, fun pictures, that page is theirs. And then at the bottom, there's a form for a candidate to come in and fill out and it will go directly to the executive team over at the joint or whoever is collecting their leads. So it goes straight to them.
3: Awesome. Awesome. So, one piece of data that I was reading um, on your site was that uh, currently 29% of franchises are solely women woman owned. and. The other stat that you put on there, I found really interesting. And this kind of goes along, along, uh, along the lines of the, um, she session, as they are kindly referring to it as all the women leaving the work, the workforce or corporate America, if you will, is that in the last 24 months, 32% of the franchises opened were woman owned. That's amazing girls. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. continues. Yeah. So do you kind of see that in some of, um in some of the the lead generation that you guys are doing as well do you have privy are you privy to that data to see like the the demographics of those applicants so to speak coming in or those interested parties
6: um yes and no so people still call us uh, if they're interested as well so they'll pick up the phone and call us at you know franchise business review and they're like i saw the joint listed as a top um, award winner, can you tell me a little bit about them? And a lot of times, you know, more times than not, now we're picking up the phone. It's a woman, and it's awesome. I love it. And you know, coming from a male-dominated, for sometimes with the hospitality world, and now coming here, you know, in franchising, it's just a breath of fresh air to get yeah. that. So it's it's nice.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. And what do you think um, in your surveys? Is there one or two questions that you feel? Um, are the most telling about a franchise system? I know that's a tough one because you do have 33 really good questions. <laughs> we do. So I'll give
6: you mine um, and maybe M has one too, but the one um, question that we ask about training and support And um, having the franchisees rank the training and support from the leadership team is everything, I think, from me, because that's something that never goes away. It is when you're first onboarding. It is when you've been in the system for 20 plus years. So that it's just a great feeling when you can look at that data from um, the side that we're on and share it with the franchise brand and be like, you know, this is a great thing or it's an opportunity for you to get better no answer is wrong. It's just, you know, but yes, I could talk about it forever. So training and support for me is, is a great thing to look at.
3: I think that's really great. As matter of fact, that's one of our um, pillars that we talk about a lot is making sure that you have that support from a franchisor or after you buy um, because anybody can sell something, right. But it, it's all about how you make your people successful from the training and support beyond that point. Um, how about you, Emily? What do you think is one of your, well, your best or most telling questions?
7: Yeah, one of the questions I love that we ask is around communication, how the franchisor communicates with the franchisee, and then we also ask a question about how franchisees are involved in decision-making for the brands. And so kind of that two-way communication question is huge for me, and it, it tells a lot about how brands are set up, how open their ears really are, and how actively they're sharing really critical information with their system. And I think those are things you've got to consider if you're getting in bed with a franchise brand.
3: Awesome. It's funny you use that term because I do too. And then I go, I don't know what people think about that. <laughs> I love it. Throw
7: it out
4: there. A little racy.
3: Okay. So we're going to take a really quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you ladies a little bit about um, what you think um, is maybe the the next up and coming franchise I'll call it not platform but um category what do you think the next one up and coming is for people to take a look at okay Fred I'm sorry I I jumped the gun on you there but are you queued up?
2: I'm queued up
3: (laughs) all right you're b you're a little bit Hey franchise owners
0: how's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at Westvine.com. That's 805 265 5440 or Westvine with a Y dot com.
3: Hey, and welcome back to Clears of Franchising. Today, we are joined by Emily and Courtney from Franchise Business Review. And we were just reviewing some great questions that they ask of the franchisees, an anonymous survey that they take every year for franchisors to improve their brand. So thank you again, ladies, for joining us. Um, real, the, the next question I guess I'd like to talk about is... Um, as we mentioned, the up and coming industries, what do you think those next up and coming industries are going to be in the franchise world? Um, so
6: ooh, I just hit my elbow. I'm sorry. Uh, it's shaking the whole house. It's not an earthquake. I promise. <laughs> I promise. We were just not a new answer. <laughs> Tomatoes,
7: earthquakes. What do you got going on?
6: <laughs> Here we um, so I'm going to say an industry that is in an industry and i'm up and coming but it's also already here and i'm gonna do a small ping to clean juice who actually just won a couple of our awards Mm -hmm. um but they the healthy um sector of food and beverage right now is so hot and i think a lot of people realize that in COVID as well, mm-hmm. because everyone was going there, um, and wanting to get into the, the health and fitness world. And this was a great way to do it. So I've been having great talks with a lot of different franchise brands out there that are, um, they're speeding up. They have great yeah. development. They have great pipelines, um, great closure rates on those leads. So I think that's
3: one to, to look out for, for sure. Awesome. That's great to know. I think we've got them on the list here somewhere. I know they, uh, we've got a request to have them on the show. So that's awesome. I can't wait to tell them that you Yay! threw their name out there. <laughs> yes. How about you, Emily? Do you have one that's kind of your favorite that you seem see to be up and coming?
7: Yeah. So I'm going to actually kind of toss out two sectors that I think are going to be really interesting um, and, and kind of have been interesting, will continue to be. Um, so pets, anything related mm-hmm. to pets. That's and dog I think-
3: people. You know, like everybody
7: loves their pets, so I think there's a big need for this service and what I've experienced from working with a few different pet brands in the franchising space. There are some really interesting franchisees who are taking a look at that sector. These are, you know, former executives who have been, you know, ousted from their positions in the last Uh couple of years and they're taking this opportunity to really think differently about what they want to do for the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. and you know pets are fun and they tend to be fun brands to run so I think pets are going to be really big and I also think there's going to be a lot in senior care and I'm, I'm thinking specifically like different like different types of senior care that maybe aren't the traditional Nursing homes or residence facility. Mm-hmm. There have been some fascinating things um, with elder care, at home care, and I think that's going to be a really big space and and super interesting to see how franchises are going to develop around that.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, I really thought about that when we were getting into into our brand too, because you know even in our brand, you know it's the boomers, and and my kids keep teasing me that I'm a boomer, but I'm not. I have to say for the record, <laughs> I missed the cutoff. So Millennials. Yeah, I'm a Gen Xer. Okay. It's not my turn yet, but we, but we talked about, um, you know, the importance of having services and things ready for that generation as they go through, you know, their next phase in life so that you can provide support to them. And I think with such a huge number of people in that particular category, it's really important to do services like that. So, so thank you. I think that's really interesting. Um, Ray, did you have a couple of things you wanted to talk about? Because otherwise I could go on for hours.
5: Yes. Uh, I did. I just wanted <laughs> to bring up one point, though. Uh, it's important as part of your uh, research when you're looking for a franchise to look at the reviews. But it's only part of it. And you can't necessarily, do, you know, make that the main point of your decision because there's so many things to take in, into consideration. And, you know, if, if, especially, you know, uh, a lot of the franchises that, that are up on a uh, high on the review, uh, they're they're for a good reason, but they also right. may cost a little bit more because they're, they've been in business a while and they know what they're doing. And so if you want something maybe more in the beginning of the uh, franchising, then you may not find them up uh, on, on the review. Sure. But, uh, my, my point is though, you need to really make, how uh, should I say not make, but, Take everything into consideration. And yeah, then exactly. at the, when you're getting close to making your decision, take all those things and combine them and, and, and do what your gut says,
8: essentially.
3: Absolutely. And I, I did want to give a shout out also because we've had another one that, that um, Emily, you brought up in the senior care. Um, they have been on the show too. Carolyn Thurston with Wisdom Senior Care. Mm-hmm. You know where I take it.
7: Carolyn and Charles, gosh, they're wonderful folks.
3: Yeah, yeah. So they started Wisdom Senior Care. Gosh, I think they went into franchising maybe a year ago. Oh, really close to that mark.
0: I no, it's been, been a couple of years.
3: years maybe for the last three years. Three years? Okay. So, so I'm something. behind the scene on and that. And it's have that, but... really
7: ramped up. Yeah, yeah.
3: Actually, so they're all over the place. What actually, out
2: there. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Actually, they've been here in four or five years, but that's okay. And with wow. re- respect. With respect to the boomer thing, I'm not a boomer. I'm not a Gen X. I'm a PETA. I just want to get that out. Yes. You, you all know You what that are
3: means. that for sure. That's it me. doesn't matter which generation you're a part of. That, that, that is you. I'm still um, a pita. Yeah, I and I apologize for having their length of business, uh, length of time in business, uh, incorrect. But I, I, haven't met them until much more recently. But um, it's very exciting to see these categories um, growing, and I love it when we've talked to people, we've met them, gotten to know who they are, what they're about. So I think that's um, really important. And one of the one of the final questions I have for you has kind of to do with that. Um, If you could choose each one of you, because I know that you are exposed to all of these different types of companies, um, do you suppose you would want a franchise that is more family oriented or more of a corporate type culture? So coming, yeah, coming from the
6: hospitality world, I'm going to ping them again. Uh, It's very family oriented and Uh I don't think I ever grew out of that. And that's what it's like being at Franchise Business Review as well, um, because we are a smaller team. So Uh I'm going to have to say I love culture and I love that small family fit. And I'm done with corporate America. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, dear God.
2: She mentioned the culture word. That means Ray's (laughs) going to open his mouth.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Tell me what you think, Emily. I mean, you see all of it too.
7: Yeah. You know, I'd be really torn on that one. Uh, I tend to be a little bit of an early adopter. So there's something about an emerging brand that's really, you know, still very grassroots and very family focused. I think about a conversation I just had recently with Chris Ramo of uh, Happy Cat Franchising, who like, dang near got me on a happy cat franchise oh wow because I just want to own a cat hotel and it's like him and he's so passionate about his business and that would be so amazing but then the other side of me like I am super I'm a rule follower my dad would tell you that I am his moral absolutist and I'm Uh you know black and white and I follow rules really well so there's something about a really established system that could speak to me too so I could go either direction on that one
3: Interesting. And now that you say that, I'm looking at the picture on your wall, and it does appear that you have a cat picture on your wall.
7: You have a cat picture on the
3: wall? It's a good thing I didn't say something about the crazy cat people, because being a dog person, you know, right, Courtney, you're either a cat or a dog person. It's pretty much I know. for most people, not all, but, yeah. um, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I think um, it's very interesting. And I do find, and, and I don't know how much you folks get to talk to the people buying the franchises themselves. Um, I, I think we tend to find that it depends on someone's background as well, and their comfortability with Running a business on perhaps whether they choose the family style brand or more of a corporate culture. Um, is what do you guys do? You, do you agree with that?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, we don't get to speak to as many franchisees right now as um, we want to. Hopefully, at multi unit, when we go, we'll run into some and get to pick people's brains. But um, usually, the most part, we get to talk to the franchise brands. But I, I, Uh, agree with you on it, where I think it comes from their background, or it could be something totally different. They've been, you know, corporate
3: all along and they don't want that anymore. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, the one thing I can say for sure is that you guys do a great job at representing all the brands all the different cultures. And uh, again, if anybody's out there, you just want some reading to do. I think that if you start at franchisebusinessreview.com, you're going to find all kinds of information, including stuff that maybe you had no idea existed in franchising. And um, I'd like to ask both of you, if you could just provide our listeners and our viewers with um, how to contact you. Obviously your stuff will be on our website as well for, for references, but um, number website, where's the best way to find you ladies? Sure. Um, definitely LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn
6: all the time. Um, my email is Courtney at FranchiseBusinessReview.com. So pretty easy. First name, FBR.com. Um, or my phone number directly. And that's
3: 603-373-1551. Awesome. And how about you, Miss Emily?
6: Yeah.
7: So very similar. I really encourage people to follow me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, just to do like not. You know, get my shoulder out of socket, but to pat myself on the back, I think I'm a pretty fun follow on LinkedIn. I have a really active Whiskey Wednesday. Ooh, uh, I gotta write that, that down. Uh, so join us on LinkedIn. Track me down there, Emily George on LinkedIn. Uh, by email, I am Emily at franchisebusinessreview.com. And you're certainly welcome to call me at 603-501-1977.
3: Well, you ladies have been a lot of fun and I wish I lived closer to the two of you because I think we could go out for Whiskey Wednesdays in person. I mean,
7: Chicago's not that far.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll tell you, as soon as we get our acts together and we start doing our own shows, we'll be sure that you guys get to attend. You can count on that. And I really appreciate both of you being on the air today and we look forward to hearing more about the Franchise Business Review and all that you all have to offer. And um, I hope you have a great week. And, And again... We will make sure when we get our acts together and get some kind of show going, which is not too far down the road, that you will get personal invitations. Uh, Thank you. We can't wait. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. You guys have a great day. Thank Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Uh-oh, David.
0: (laughs) I'm here. I am here. There you
3: are. Can you? David, you're. Yeah. Can you? are you're, you're not. Oh, I'm that's right. Uh oh, what happened? I'm
1: floating around.
3: Wow, David, you've changed.
1: Yeah, I'm floating <laughs> around.
3: <laughs> oh, those ladies were great, weren't they?
1: Yes, they were. Um, I feel as though I'm being set up, though, because I, I, as they were talking, I've got a list of things here. All right, so Courtney and Emily, here's what they yep. went over. Golden Retriever, my favorite dog, dog that I had for a long time. Love Golden mm-hmm. Retrievers. Columbus, um, lived there for four years. Met My wife in Columbus, my daughter lives in Columbus. They talked about The Joint as one of the top franchises. Uh-huh. <laughs> Deeply invested in. Courtney comes from the hospitality background. I've only been there for 28 years. Right. And then right. they brought up clean juice, which is one of my favorite places to go to when we're down in Florida. So I feel as if I've been kind of set up with all those. They hit a lot of hot buttons for me. That was well, pretty it's, cool.
3: it's funny because everybody else couldn't see you, but I could see you on camera. <laughs> I
1: was like, Yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs up. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And I, I, I really, I don't know. I mean, I really enjoyed not only doing those surveys for them because I did feel really comfortable and that it was anonymous. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I did, it did make me feel like I actually had a voice with my franchisor. And I love to see when the reports come out, you know, was I kind of a rogue in my opinion (laughs) or were we all on the same page, you know, and then to look at your competition and to look at maybe some other industries or something that I might want to invest in. It's a lot of fun to see that information. So,
1: yeah. I mean, anytime doing self-checks, personal performance reviews, those types of views, I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard medicine to swallow, but, but yeah. hopefully use it to, to get better. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea.
3: Yep, absolutely. So what have you got for us today? You always have great stuff for us.
1: So yeah, I was thinking about this and and, and I think, uh, you know, stop the monkey business or something along those lines. I think I titled it. And it's really something that, you know, I was thinking about some things that crushed me when I was a young executive um, mm-hmm. with my corporate job. And really when I was a new franchisee and I guess a young franchisee and it's it's really comes of centers around this thing is a lot of people listening are either leaving their corporate jobs, right? Potentially right. becoming a franchisee, or maybe are a franchisee. And most likely if they're leaving, they might have been in a position of management or leadership. And one of the things I always I always think about is why why do some managers and bosses and and you know owners of franchise, we never have enough time. We're always running out of time. We don't have enough time to do everything, right? Yeah. But the workers, the employees, they've got all the free time in the world. They're doing whatever they want yeah. to do. And, and I, and I really think it comes down to, I I know it comes down to this mentality of, and a lot of us are guilty of it, especially when we start out in business. And just a caution, if you're brand new doing this, and maybe you're doing this as a boss is that mentality of, if you want something done, right, you got to do it yourself. Oh,
3: so true. So true.
1: Yeah. And it's that, well, I'm indispensable. It's the mindset. I'm indispensable. Everybody needs me. Right. And, and. What that really does, though, it impedes the work
5: mm-hmm. of everybody
1: that you're leading. I mean, it, it, it impedes, impedes the work of the employees. It creates bottlenecks because everybody's relying on you. Yeah. So the reason I came up with that is, is really goes back to a book Clint, Ken Blanchard wrote over 30 years ago, right? And, and the reason it creates bottlenecks is, is think of this scenario. I, mean, I know this has happened to me. Oh, my gosh thousands of times, you know, and I, and, and I wish I would have just applied the principle better to, that the same principle I'm going to talk about better, mm-hmm. but you know, you're, you're kind of, you're in your office, you're in the hallway, it doesn't matter. And somebody comes up to you and says, Hey, Kristen, I get, I got a problem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So up until that exact point, that was their problem. Right. <laughs> as right. soon as you start having a conversation, it now becomes both of your problems.
3: Absolutely, right? so welcome if it's to a, the party. Yeah,
1: if it's a monkey, that monkey came on on that person's back, and now all of a sudden has a leg on your back, and it has a leg on the person's back. And then what we do as managers, as owners, as bosses, we make the fatal mistake, and we make a comment something along lines of, "Let me think it over, and I'll get back to you." And all of a sudden, what happened? That monkey now has both of its legs on your back, and the employee or the subordinate or whoever they walk away and here's the thing (laughs) yeah, they wash their hands but and here's the thing what when i said it was a fatal mistake why is that fatal well (laughs) like i said the monkey's now securely on your back so what just happened to make it fatal You've now become the employee and they've become the boss. Yeah. And they're gonna
3: come to you and say, hey Dave, how's that how's that going there?
1: Bingo, bingo, (laughs) they're gonna answer for
3: me. (laughs) they're,
1: They're gonna check up on you. Hey, how's it going? What should I tell the team? Do you have an answer? Have you come up with a solution yet? Whoa, that 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 just switched because of that fatal mistake. So right it 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 always cracks me up that. I, I, I used to have this with my managers. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And they are busy doing stuff they shouldn't be doing, but then what happens, they get overwhelmed, right? They, mm-hmm. they get overwhelmed. And so, so the consequences of that, I mean, it can be insane. I mean, believe me, there's going to be times when your employees to come to you, Kristen, and you and only you should oh, handle yeah. and fix it. Right. I mean, there's, that's going to yep. happen, but too many times we get overwhelmed. We take on all the problems and, and, what happens is that the productivity drops, we, we become the bottleneck. Yep. And, and as an early young franchisee, I was guilty of this more times than I can remember because I mean, we we're new, right? So everybody was right. new. So everything that came up, I'm like, okay, I got to fix it. I got to fix it. I got to fix this. Whether it's marketing, whether it's a, a, um, a delivery issue, whatever the case sure. may be, I'll, I'll, I'll handle, I'll get back. Well, what I was noticing was I couldn't get to everything. Right. right. So marketing campaigns weren't getting launched. Different promotions weren't getting launched because I said, I'll do it. Right. So then we go to the manager. Meeting, hey, Dave, where are we at on this thing? And it.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: and uh, yep. and I'm sitting there going, man, did the roles reverse? And yeah. it's just simple of just saying, you know, let me think that. Let me think about it, Let me get back to you. So if, if you're struggling with that, you know, chances are that's what you're doing. And you're doing it unconsciously. I certainly yeah. did. And we're doing it. To be helpful. Right. We think we are, but we're really causing a lot of problems. So, so what the solution is really learning how to really master and truly learn effective coaching. And, you know, that's, that's a topic for, for a future podcast, but I was thinking about this as more and more people are leaving their corporate jobs. They've probably experienced that overwhelm in their office. Well, it's not going to change when you're owning your own business. If you don't change your approach to those if that makes sense right absolutely
3: so, I I go through that with my own office personnel all the time and I and I did exactly that 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 fatal mistake and finally I said oh my gosh okay well, next time they come to me with something I said you know that's a great question what do you think we should do
5: perfect
1: perfect right? Right, and put because them, give them the monkey back. Go feed your own. Yeah,
3: take that Velcro monkey, take <laughs> it on right. your way. But the nice right. thing is, is you're developing them to solve problems along the way, right?
1: Well, that's that's the other thing, you know. And and the people who don't figure that out are the ones that really truly feel I'm indispensable. This place yeah. can't run without me. Yada yada yada, and they just don't realize. I certainly didn't realize that you're holding back the whole organization, the office, the business, whatever the sure. case may be. So, I mean, your approach is, 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 exactly, is exactly the step in the right direction. It has to happen. You have to develop your people.
3: Right. And you have to know they're going to make mistakes, right? Because, you know, I've had that a couple of times too, where I say, hey, listen, you're empowered. Make a decision. Anything under a hundred bucks. If you think you need to do something like that, go ahead. This is These are kind of your guidelines, right? And and of course they make decisions where I think well I wouldn't have quite done that but instead of saying that's not what I would do okay well explain to me why you thought that was the right decision okay tell me some more about it and try to seek to understand why they made you know I may have given them a hundred dollar you know carte blanche make the customer happy and they you know gave two hundred dollars right or free clean and I'm like okay help me understand the circumstances behind that decision. Because I think a lot of times we have people who you try to empower someone to make a decision and they make what you might consider the wrong decision, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. And, and I think you're right on. And, and the way to avoid that, truthfully, without going too deep into this is, is just to set up some follow-up, right? Not that you're checking up on it, but some, some follow-up. And, and I, would, I would say the bigger the exposure to the business, to, to your job, to whatever, the more frequent you might want to follow or you might want to yep. put some barriers or safeguards around it to say, Hey, you know, if, you know, to handle it the way you want, but if it gets to this point, check that's with right. me first type of thing, you
3: know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Thank you very much. That's you awesome. have anything else for us this week? No, now I, I'm going I, to be dreaming of good. monkeys. <laughs> <That's> i <right>. am <laughs> trying to take the monkeys off my back. Little well, it, monkeys.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that metaphor that he used in that book? I mean, it's stuck with me all these years. Because of that, I mean, it's you literally have you got a monkey on your back. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it works. Yeah, it that's awesome.
3: Well. That's awesome. Well, Jan, thank you. Yep. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You've got some great, we're going to have to put on on the blog somewhere all the books that you talk about because you've got <laughs> right. great, a great library of resources. So, excellent. Thank you very much, David. We'll look forward to see what you have for us next week. You Elizabeth, 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 I understand you have something for us. but you're on mute like
4: me that to me Fred must have muted me
3: yeah he does that to people you know
4: (laughs) control freak right now
3: he Um, is
4: yeah so I just wanted to make sure that everybody is following us on our social media we have recently launched our new LinkedIn page for pillars of franchising um we also have Facebook and Twitter and all the all the platforms um Because we're going to be launching a lot of things up in the next couple of months. We've announced the magazine coming up in October. So if you are interested in advertising, we've got quite a nice list and viewership and subscribership already from our shows and our our long history of production. So uh, this is going to be a good place for people who are looking to get the word out, uh, franchisors who are looking for franchisees. Um, so keep that in mind and you can reach out to me to find out what our, our situation is with that and how you can get your brand more visibility. Uh, also, this would
3: also, I'm sorry, this would also be for, um, franchise partners, right? People who are absolutely. In... if you're a
4: supplier or a vendor, yep. Yep, um, yep. Great place to get yourself in front of franchisors and the franchisees running the individual, uh, locations.
3: Awesome.
4: So definitely for the vendors and the suppliers, Um, So that's, that's exciting news. Um, And then we're going to have a lot more activity coming on the blog as we get the magazine and a lot more written content coming out. So stay tuned for that and make sure that you get on all of our mailing lists. And then um, I had one more thing in my head and it just fled. It's probably my fault. It probably, I will take it, you know, if you want to take the blame, I will allow it. <laughs> but at any rate, you can reach out to me at Elizabeth at franchising.com Oh, it came back. And if you are, have a good story, we are, I'm going to print the editorial calendar out on um, our website and put it in different places so you can find it. If you have a story you want to tell, uh, we're always looking for great content. Um, so keep an eye out for those things, and you can reach out to me as well if you think you would be a great interview for the magazine.
3: Awesome! Thank you so much. I can't wait to see our blog, and we do have to get—we we really should publish a list of everyone's favorite books. I just yeah, David always mentions those books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll have I go, a resource library. Yeah, yeah. I was going. Now, what book did he talk about this week? And then I can never find it. <laughs> I always forget. Yeah, and I don't want to take the library. Him. Yeah. I don't want to text him at midnight while I'm supposed to be asleep. And certainly he is, and I'm trying to find that book he talked about last week. So that'd be a great idea. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely.
8: (laughs) Kristen, you've changed.
3: (laughs) Oh my God, Becky, look at that monkey.
8: That's hilarious. (laughs) Hey, Kristen, I had to check and make sure I wasn't on mute because everybody's had trouble with mute today. So I want to get a head start.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you did. It's nice to see you, Jerry.
8: Good to see you, too. I (laughs) wanted to say, uh, you know, David's feeling my pain now because he was complaining about following those ladies uh, because they kind of set him up. And that's what I feel like every week is David sets me up. I'm like a straight man or something.
3: (laughs) All of a sudden I see Pinocchio dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Fred, you should be writing all this down. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So what have you got for us today? I know you've been super busy. Your world's on fire or your hair is on fire. I don't know.
8: You know, Kristen, I live for the business world and it's just been fun with the you know, the acquisitions we've been working on and, and some new business models we're working on and uh, com- completing some things with the existing businesses we own and so on. So it's been great. But I thought um, with our transition, we recognize since we've done so many acquisitions and we've grown in different directions in the past that there are struggles that go along with that. And uh, so I thought it might be kind of fun to do a, a bit of a series, if you will, on um going from being a single franchise owner to being a multi unit owner and some of the things that go along with that because Ooh, yeah. um you know it'll get people thinking um yes. even if they haven't bought their first franchise maybe they have aspirations of owning several and they can include that in their original business plan and so on so i thought i'd start today to talk about you know some of the things that uh you know, are different when you go from owning one location to owning multiple locations and things to kind of prepare for. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just that you get more gray hair, right?
8: No, but that definitely is one of the sidelines to the thing. (laughs) No, you know, many people, when they get into franchising, they buy that first location and they're very hands-on and um, they they feel like uh, they're, they're a single owner, you know, and this is all my kingdom if you will or or whatever and your employees you become very close to your employees and maybe they're right. like a part of your family or something and so but there's for you to go to the next step and and start adding on more locations there's going to be changes that will go on with you and the way you look at business and the way you handle business and things like that 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 are just uh, they're necessary and uh, sure there it's very difficult to continue to grow if you don't go through that so some of the things that, that I've made note of that I'd like people to think about, you know, is the first thing you have to understand is financing because just because you've got one successful one doesn't mean the bank's going to be standing in line to loan you money for the next one. So yeah. you have to make sure that before you get too excited about adding that next location, that you've got to add a, a, a great banking relationship is the way that I would put it. Because- is there... I'm sorry, Jerry. No, I was going to say, because you're going to need money to buy it, to do the acquisition, but you'll have some cash flow issues, adding extra, you know, headcount to your um, to your uh, stable of employees, mm-hmm. as well as all the vendors and all those kinds of things. So there's things you just have to think about from a financing standpoint. What were you going to say, Kristen?
3: I was going to ask if you think that there is a certain kind of turning point when you realize that. You know your first location was stable enough you were kind of like you said you're out of the weeds now and you can be more of a visionary of where you want to go do you think that that's a certain timeline i mean even some of these franchisors who have you sign multi-unit deals right out of the gate you know they have to give you a timeline right you have to have time with your first franchise before you continue to develop
8: well most franchisees uh most franchisors if you sign a a multi-unit agreement Mm -hmm. have a development process in there and a timeline so that you can open your first one and maybe you've got a year or a year and a half before you have to open your second one so you can Mm -hmm. kind of get your feet wet and discover what you don't know and those kinds of things and you know if you were looking at buying a franchise and signing a multi-unit agreement that's one of the triggers is to for me would be to watch and see How long the development timeline is so you can become comfortable before you get, you know, too crazy with your second or third location. Mm -hmm. So definitely. Now, if you already own your first one, I think it'll become obvious to you for maybe two or three different reasons why you may want to look at adding another one. Uh, For me, honestly, I got a little bored. It became way too easy running one of them. Um, If you've got a great manager, they end up doing most of the work. And I am not somebody that just wants to take the money and run. I I have to stay involved. So adding a couple more locations was um, something that I did as much for my well-being as for anything else. Mm -hmm. There is, from an overhead and a logistic standpoint, there's a lot of value in having multiple locations because you've got to have somebody to do payroll and pay your bills and Vendors have different uh, multipliers they use for the supplies that they sell you, depending on how much you use, so buying in quantity. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, really good financial reasons why I think it's uh, a strong benefit for you to look at multiple units. One of the things, since we're so associated with our staff and they feel like they're such a part of our family, as we grew, we could buy health insurance at a much lower uh, multiplier. Yeah. So that allowed us to open it up for more of our staff to afford health insurance that maybe couldn't afford it before. And mm-hmm. that goes along with virtually everything, health, eye, dental, uh, 401ks, all sure. of those things just become much easier as you add more. So um, that's, that's something you need to think about, but certainly a benefit towards adding other things. Right. Um, I kind of touched on it. Uh, number two for me is infrastructure. If you're going to add more locations, make sure you do have those trusted advisors that can help you with that and support you like your attorney, your banker, uh, your CPA or whatever, so that you know that you've got support for multiple units as opposed to one. Uh-huh. Um, but, but internally, if you're going, you, you know, you have to have some management in place, right. that can handle more than one location, perhaps um, just being able that you're, ready, willing, and able to take on more responsibility until you develop that second or third location is critical because it it will be a load for a while.
3: Well, and that's really interesting too. And I know like for when we expanded, right? So we've done three additional acquisitions um, in the last 15 years, but I remained in one office because when I got that first office, it was very centrally located and it just so happened that my acquisitions were next door neighbors, so to speak. So it continues to be centrally located. But when you talk about infrastructure, you know, we had to hire up because now you've got way more volume that you're dealing with. You have to make sure that your computer systems can handle the volume. We had to upgrade all the phone systems so that those are now VOIP lines instead of just traditional phone services and all kinds of different stuff that comes in. And, you know, as you grow, whether that be through, um, you know, a situation like I had or like you're having where you do new locations, there's a lot of cost involved. There's a lot of cost.
8: And so much of it is unexpected. I mean, you expect some cost, but you really can't define what that will be. Uh, Many people miss simple things like deposits on additional utility accounts. I mean, that can turn into a lot of money that you don't even think about when you're adding new locations or acquiring Uh, existing locations or whatever you know some other things that I've got listed on on my list of things that I've gone through that I think people need to be aware of is you know remote managing so when you own one Mm -hmm. location you may be in that location every day but when you own multiple locations you've got to be able to manage uh, by phone and internet now via zoom meetings or something like that right not everybody is wired to do that kind of stuff you know
3: yeah, absolutely. So
8: be prepared. Understand that your management style and your the needs of you as a, as an overhead manager will become change will change. You need to be aware of that. Um, and to go along with that, you will have more corporate overhead that you have to understand is kind of a hidden cost. You know, you're going to spend more time with your accountant and an attorney. Yes, and you have to pay for those hours. You know, there you may have to add somebody else within your uh, corporate office to handle. You know, fill in the blank. It could be a bill paying, uh, payroll, could be some sort of an acquisition, uh, somebody that acquires all your supplies and distributes them, could be all kinds of different things, logistics people. Uh, depending on the business you're in, you may have the need for those kinds of people, which adds corporate overhead. And yeah. David brought up a good point. What is very difficult for people that own one location when they go to own multiple locations is being comfortable empowering your employees to make decisions because many of the decisions they have to make should happen right now, not after they track you down and and let you think about it and all that kind of stuff. It's got to be made right now. So you have to understand training. David talks about developing leaders. That is critical when you start adding multiple locations because they need to act as if they're you you when things come up. So training, developing leaders and empowering those leaders, even in spite of the mistakes they make uh, is pretty critical as you continue to grow. I mean, we're we're across two states right now uh, with the Great Clips brand. We've got 36 locations. We've got a lot of overhead. We've got a lot of infrastructure we've had to build. We pay a lot to our trusted advisors. We have to have a great leadership training program and have confidence that the people we're training, when we empower them, will make the right decisions. And not everybody can let go of the reins. If you micromanage things or if you worry yeah. too much about kind of, small things in the big yep. picture you will struggle with that kind of thing and then the last thing i've got on my list is cash flow you um if you have if you're in a business where there are slower months of the year which almost every business has the ebbs and flows if you're in a business like that and you have multiple locations your your deepest spot just got deeper so having enough cash flow to handle those months when business is a little slower, which everybody has, you've got to plan ahead for that when you're adding extra locations.
3: Yeah, I think that's actually a really, really good point because um, you certainly don't want to get caught with a bunch of expenses when it's your slow season.
8: Ray, I understand,
3: oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
8: I was just gonna say, actually, when we did our first acquisition, that was my wife's biggest stress point was, uh, we acquired them just before the slowest months of the year for our business and uh, she worried about payroll being able to pay people Mm -hmm. because we knew in those months we traditionally had to work on um, borrowed money yeah to make that work and so how do we handle that sine wave and come out the other end stronger than ever so keep that in mind the cash flow piece is a really big piece when you're adding new locations
3: yeah and you know it's interesting because sometimes adding that location at the slowest period in, in other ways is the best time because you have time for that training and development. You have time to get things set up so that when you do open, your employees are ready. I know we, yep. we try to do that all the time too and it, and it gets really tricky. Ray, I understand you have something you want to talk about, cheese? What's up with the cheese? Oh, you're on mute. Jerry, he's supposed to talk about cheese, but he's on mute.
8: <laughs> you want me to talk about cheese for you, Ray? Yes, Swiss, cheddar, what?
3: He's still moving his lips, but there there's we no go.
5: noise. There right. he is. All right. So i will just telling you what David said about uh, he he mentioned the author, but he never mentioned the book. And that's uh, who moved my cheese, isn't that correct, David? I know you're on mute. Correct. Too. No, no the the oh. one minute the one minute manager meets the monkey. One minute manager is another. Meets one, the uh, monkey. Manager. Yeah, the oh, one
1: God. minute manager meets the monkey. Yep, yep. Blanchard yeah. wrote a series of books. They're all awesome.
5: Yeah, they are, and, and uh, which is which means to our audience, read Blanchard, <laughs> he's got yeah. a lot of uh, good books out there. Uh, "Who Moved My Cheese" is one, and uh, "One Minute Manager" is another. And uh, "One Minute Manager" is a short read too, if I, if I remember. Correctly. It
3: is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So
5: it's it's something that uh, you can easily uh, uh, put in, uh, read in one day. I've
8: actually incorporated many of Blanchard's books into our leadership training programs because they're they're short reads as Ray said they're Mm -hmm. spot on and Mm -hmm. he writes in a storytelling motif if you will and virtually every employee can get pieces out of that just because of the style that he uses so uh, I'm a high I, I recommend Blanchard's books for all of our leadership training programs that's
3: awesome and i I like that you have multi-units and have your own kind of leadership training because with that many not just employees but leaders in every store you have i mean that's a lot of responsibility for developing people
8: Mm -hmm. we love training leaders Kristen. i i would i would bow to david's leadership training skills but we've done you know we've trained hundreds of them over the last few years and uh we've got a pretty solid system so with That's that, awesome. I will uh, I will close my part for this week and uh, plan on talking to you more about multi-unit editions uh, next week.
3: Is it still a good time to buy a franchise, Jerry?
8: There is never a bad time to buy a franchise. You know, <laughs> uh, I just read something today. Uh, it was an article, and I wish I could quote where it came from, but they were interviewing uh, Great Clips franchisees about coming through the pandemic, and they were raving about the great support they got not only from corporate but also from their fellow franchisees and we hear those stories every day so if you're going to go into business buy a franchise it's the right thing to do you'll you'll never regret it
3: that's awesome and hats off to great clips to um, owners like you and to your fearless leader rob Goggins for uh making sure that you guys are are doing a great job supporting all your franchisees out there. And I totally appreciate your, your uh, time and effort once again, that you give to us here on the show and to all of our listeners and viewers um, trying to just help everybody make good choices. As uh, as, uh, we go through this whole process and come out of the pandemic, hopefully (laughs) kind of a roller coaster, so to speak, but, um, and until next week, we'd like to thank everybody for being with us today. I don't think I've missed anything. Um, I hope not, because Oz will come and yell at me if I did. And, of course uh, again, I will. thank you to everybody. Oh, there he is.
2: All I'll say is if you don't want to read the books, folks, just keep watching the show because I'm quite sure all of you wonderful co-hosts will continue to comment and, and offer words of wisdom from these books until we all want to puke. With that, I'll say oh. we'll be back next week with...